0: Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.
1: And now it's time for me to welcome my guest, Sean Strawbridge, who is the CEO of the Porta Corpus Christi. Sean, welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks for having me, Kim. How have you been enjoying Sarah Week? There's been a lot that's been going on here, and you've actually been, you've participated in two panels, which is a very big thing here at Sarah Week. One was on hydrogen, and the other one was on crude. So have you been enjoying the conference?
2: It's been a great conference, Kim. Uh, record attendees, a lot of great discussions, not only on traditional energy sources and how we're going to meet today's demand, but also some of these new energy production ideas. A lot of it percolating around uh, hydrogen and whatever derivative form of hydrogen, but it's great to see everybody back after the pandemic and see the excitement around the energy markets. We've had some great leaders here. I just came from a luncheon with uh Department of Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm and she reaffirmed that we've got to meet today's demands but we also have to keep that eye towards the future which is exactly what we're doing at the Port of Corpus Christi.
1: Well, it's interesting that you're mentioning that because I I am curious to understand how the port is maintaining its status as the energy port of America, if you will, also being a leader in the energy transition space as well. It's two different areas. How are you managing that?
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, clearly we've been blessed with the abundance of energy, particularly Texas energy, that's moving through the port and being exported to our allies and our partners around the world. Uh, Number one in crude oil market share, number two in liquefied natural gas, and number three in in refined petroleum products Uh, we certainly value those relationships with our traditional customers and those customer relationships will endure for i think many generations but it's these same companies that are in the traditional energy space that are also making significant capital investments in research and development in the transitions as well the transition uh, energy transition sector as well. And so in speaking with them, they're excited about the future of the Port of Corpus Christi for those types of investments. We can leverage a lot of the same infrastructure that's in place today that moves traditional trans- uh, traditional energy sources. Uh, we can use a lot of that infrastructure, repurpose it for some of these new energy sources as well. Uh, Texas also is the largest producer of renewable energy in the country. Number one in wind uh, energy and number two in solar. And solar is fast growing. Uh, and maybe we may perhaps be number one in in solar, given the abundance of land that Texas has, and the Texas uh, sun sure beats uh, sure beats bright and often. So, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we remain relevant as a gateway for the entire energy market. And that means also really having that eye towards the future. We think that our ambition for a hydrogen hub designation by the Department of Energy is certainly an example of our ambition, which aligns with many of our customers' ambitions and certainly with this administration's ambition to move towards lower carbon intensity energy sources.
1: No doubt, you guys are doing an amazing job, and I'm glad that we're able to talk to you quite frequently about all the things that are expanding and evolving at at the Port of Corpus Christi. But I want to talk about hydrogen. You spoke on hydrogen here at Sarah Week. You guys are definitely involved in it. You talked about the Department of Energy's uh, grant. But to give our listeners an idea of the kind of um, when the impact, what is going to be the impact on hydrogen exports to the local economy in Corpus Christi?
2: Well, number one, it'll be it'll mean more jobs. Uh, it'll mean more tax revenues for the local governments, which then they can reinvest in infrastructure and uh, public uh, safety uh, and other services that municipalities provide to their citizens, uh, without having to significantly raise the tax rate on their good citizens. So, bringing that investment, which we think will then beget more investment, is certainly something that we're heads down. Focused on, I will say though that you know hydrogen—it's a cleaner, greener energy source—but it's also hydrogen in its pure form uh, is a very difficult molecule. It's a very elegant molecule to to—it's uh, very difficult to, to to move. So there is going to be some sort of derivative form for transport. Uh, you know hydrogen in its in its base form, when you think about traditional pipelines, it embrittles steel. So we're gonna have to make sure that we either have the right kind of pipelines to handle pure hydrogen or hydrogen gets put into some other derivative form. Ammonia is probably the most common transport form of hydrogen. There are three hydrogen molecules for one nitrogen molecule in ammonia. And when you recrack that, nitrogen is an inert gas. So it can either be reused or it can be vented into the atmosphere uh, with no negative environmental implications. (laughs) So, you know, from our standpoint, there's still a lot that needs to be done when it comes to hydrogen, though. It's very water intensive, uh, particularly if you're deriving hydrogen from Uh, Water, of course, Uh, H2O, the H2 is, is of course, hydrogen. Um, And it's also very energy intensive. So we really have to be focused on solving for our water issues in the coastal bend, which I think the port and the city have been in a lot of dialogue about how to do that. And I'm very encouraged by the progress that we're making. Uh, And we have to also solve for our energy demand uh, needs that are going to be uh, put forth, and and that means more transmission lines. That means more production. That means more you know more energy production that can then get to the uh, the producers uh, economically, safely, certainly, efficiently.
1: What about um, the shipments? Uh, when do you foresee the first shipment leaving the Port of Corpus Christi?
2: Well, that's a it's a it's a great question, and I wish I had a crystal ball. I know that the. Uh, European Union has been declarative in their ambition to uh, consume 20 million tons a year of green hydrogen by 2030, which would have a significant decarbonization uh, impact on 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 the European Union. Um, they believe they can produce about 10 million tons per year uh, on the continent, which means they'll have to import another 10 million tons to be able to uh, meet that uh, that ambition. Here's the challenge with that, though. Um, it very energy intensive, as I said. 20 million tons a year of hydrogen production will essentially take 500 terawatt per hour of power. That's as much power as the entire country of Germany consumes. So it's a very, very ambitious goal Uh, But there's still a tremendous amount of research. There's a tremendous amount of development. And that's why you're seeing subsidies here in the United States through uh, the uh, the, uh, 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 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act uh, to the tune of over $60 billion to be spent in the hydrogen space through the Department of Energy alone. Um, We certainly have ambition to participate in their uh, H2H program. That's their hydrogen to hub program where we can uh, hopefully be a grantee and then be able to distribute those American taxpayer dollars to those projects that we think are going to have the highest degree of efficacy per dollar spent and per area of land in which it will be needed. Um, and, you know, nobody, I think, knows better when we talk about our local uh, needs. Nobody knows better than those of us who live local. So we're we're pretty uh, bullish on our future uh, in the hydrogen space. Uh, but I just want to encourage your listeners that there is a lot more work that has to be done. This is not going to be a revolution. It will certainly be more of an evolution. And in the meantime, we're going to need to protect our core business, which is the oil and gas business. Uh, we're going to need to protect that to meet uh, society's needs today and into the near future.
1: So there's no actual date you guys have looking in the future for the exporting. And and that also, since we don't have a specific date, is Europe and Asia, how are they progressing in receiving hydrogen coming from the Texas ports?
2: That's also a great question. So we know, for example, the largest port in, in Europe is the Port of Rotterdam uh, in the Netherlands. And the Port of Corpus Christi and the Port of Rotterdam have had a formal relationship now for... Uh, almost four years where we do a lot of information sharing. We do a lot of benchmarking off of some of the initiatives that they're doing. And they've taken a leadership role in creating a hydrogen receiving network that can, uh, a pipeline network, if you will, and and a dock network that can receive hydrogen or whatever derivative of hydrogen. And then it can be uh, distributed to their uh, industrial customers, their industrial users. The port is taking the leadership role in that and creating those that, that centralized distribution network. You think about what the port of Corpus Christi is doing. We're doing the same thing in terms of creating a centralized carbon management network. Uh, Because if you think about hydrogen from hydrocarbons, that's probably the low-hanging fruit in the near term. We've got an abundance of hydrocarbons, and we can create hydrogen from those hydrocarbons. But you have to have an associated carbon capture use and storage strategy. And that's where the Port of Corpus Christi has really taken a leadership role in working the solution from storage back to what we call fence line, back to our industrial customers' plants, because they're not going to invest – in these capital intensive carbon capture systems and processes if they don't have a high degree of certainty that their carbon has a home once it leaves their plant. So we really wanted to take a leadership role there and create that central management system. Uh, we got a lot of that idea from the proactiveness of the Port of Rotterdam. So they've been a great partner, and that's how we in, you know, we share a lot of the same customers. Uh, they're our largest single recipient of uh, both uh, natural gas and, and oil that leaves the port of Corpus Christi in, in, in Europe. So uh, it's a natural relationship. They're here. Uh, at Sarah Week uh, in Houston, and, and we've had uh, great meetings and great exchanges with them already. So it's a, it's a wonderful relationship and one that I think will continue to yield uh, a, a lot of additional ideas on both sides of the
0: pond.
1: Let's take a quick break. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show. and We'll be right
0: back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the Customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S H A L E, mag, mag.com. Or you can call us 210 240 7188. Again, that's 210 240 7188.
3: Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, and advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find.
1: Hydrogen production needs water. Can you give us an update, or we've been hearing a lot of that here, what is the latest update pertaining to the Port of Corpus Christi's desal project on Harbor Island?
2: yeah so we started the permitting uh process for a large-scale seawater desalination project on a piece of property that we own uh near the town of port aransas uh we started that process in 2018 and we did that because we saw that growing demand for water in the region particularly with new customers new industrial customers Uh, was something that we were going to have to address. Unfortunately, today we're 100% dependent on surface water reserves uh, for our water in the region, and our surface water reserves continue to decline. We're seeing uh, lower lows and lower highs in our reserves. I think today, uh, and we're not even into the summer yet, we're at 40%. Uh, uh, levels. So that really creates a, a tremendous risk for our existing customers and certainly will have a a uh, a dampering effect on any new customers, new economic development activities. So we really did it as a defensive uh, posture for us. We did not know that it was going to take this long to get permitted. And it's still not fully permitted nearly five years later, which is also a, a great example of how we need to have some regulatory reform when it comes to permitting large infrastructure projects, whether that's energy projects, whether that's water projects, whether that's port projects. Uh, so we've got to do something in this country about about uh, shortening the decision process tree when it comes to permits and I'm not I'm not suggesting that we undermine the integrity of environmental reviews quite the opposite we want those environmental reviews to be as robust as they can be because likely they will be litigated and we want them to hold up in court Um, but in terms of that that lack of certainty and how long it will take to permit these projects that's what creates real risk and is going to hurt this country uh, because businesses will not continue those business opportunities will not persist in perpetuity businesses will place their capital where they find the least risk and the highest degree of certainty and this permitting process today creates the most risk and the least certainty and that hurts american women and men uh, and their opportunities for more jobs more economic development activities more foreign direct investment investors coming to Texas and to the United States and investing their dollars here, creating great American jobs. They want that certainty, too. And as we see a paradigm shift in the energy uh, relationships, you know, we're seeing kind of this, you know, we've got Western energy uh, uh, alliances and now we've got, you know, these uh, Russia, China, uh, you know, Iran, uh, possibly Saudi. um, You know, it's it's a very interesting inflection point on where we're at. And the biggest risk for the United States in taking full advantage of its leadership role as an energy producer is the permitting process that we have in place today. We've got to do something more from a, a reform standpoint when it comes to that regulatory process.
1: You know, I caught up with Senator Sullivan yesterday, and he's working on the Willow Project, which is a uh, federal land bureau is trying to approve or is the one responsible for, for approving for Alaska. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. The reform needs to happen because this has gone through two administrations and it's still not approved and it looks like it might get killed. Well, look at, look
2: at Keystone. You know, Keystone was, uh, was going to really benefit the American, uh, or, uh, the American uh, uh, motor gasoline and diesel consumer because those barrels were slated to come to the U.S. Gulf Coast where U.S. Gulf refiners are tooled to handle that heavier Canadian barrel canada is our largest trading partner it, between the united states our largest trading partner is not china it's canada uh and 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 energy certainly plays a, a front and center role in that relationship um, and you had tremendous capital that trans canada had already deployed to the tune of about 15 billion dollars only to have that project canceled on president biden's first day and it was it, I, I i've you know the, the problem with that is there wasn't a lot of pragmatic reasons to cancel that. It was really political. And the more we politicize the energy space, the harder it's going to be for energy producers, energy refiners, energy processors, energy transporters to be able to meet the demands of not only our domestic demand, but certainly our allies and our partners. Uh, That uncertainty is going to cost consumers more, and it's going to create more opportunities for those more nefarious sources like Russia uh, to be able to take full advantage of that inefficiency that we have essentially created on our own.
1: So we need reform. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back.
0: Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website shalemag.com once again that's shale s-h-a-l-e mag m-a-g.com to learn more shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188 again 210-240-7188 farmers
4: and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study.
3: Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices, so let's talk about an easy one, your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium plus You can earn double dividends that'll go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at TexasMutual.com slash Lone Star Energy. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210 240 7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S H A L E M A G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find.
1: I recently had Brandon Seal on the show, president of Howard Energy, discussing carbon capture and the important role it played for the Port of Corpus Christi. What is the market outlook for consumer? Uh, for carbon capture and storage, and how quickly will carbon be sequestered to reduce emissions?
2: Well, uh, first of all, carbon. Uh, all of our customers and and most large companies have made uh, decarbonization commitments to their shareholders and to society at large. As I've as I've said previously, um, the likelihood is high. You know, we wouldn't be pursuing uh, these initiatives if we didn't think that uh, that was a going to be a a real benefit, not only for our existing industrial uh, customer base, but certainly to bring new customers to the region. Uh, Again, if we can codify a central carbon management solution on behalf of existing and future customers, it makes their job that much easier. So it will happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, We were the recipient of uh, two carbon safe grants through the U.S. Department of Energy Uh, We were the largest recipient in the nation and the only recipient in Texas of those grants. And those grants are designed to uh, perform the geologic mapping of the pore space, both uplands and offshore pore space, uh, to ensure that uh, the capacity is there, the pore space integrity remains intact. Because ultimately, when you inject this carbon into the ground, you want it there in perpetuity. And so we're grateful to the U.S. Department of Energy uh, for, uh, for the recognition of our efforts there uh, and the award of the grant. Uh, and we're very excited about the partnership that we have with Howard Energy Ventures, uh, Brandon, a, a great Texan, and, uh, and Talos Energy, uh, founded and, and led by a, a fine fellow named Tim Duncan. Uh, who was here at the, uh, the conference, um, you know, they see that as uh, a great opportunity for them in the future. They're an experienced uh, drilling company, offshore drilling company. Uh, and so when you think about, you know, the, the, the technology and the expertise that's needed uh, to put carbon in the ground, it's the same technology and the same expertise that we use to extract uh, hydrocarbons from the ground, so you know it's great to have that that expertise already in place. It's great to have that infrastructure already in place. And as I've said to uh, members of the uh, of Congress and and certainly uh, uh, folks in this administration, um, we are uh, all in on on the transition initiatives Um, but what we can't be doing is we can't be criticizing uh, traditional oil and gas companies for uh, a business model that they've had for you know generations hundred you know a hundred years as they continue to make those investments in these new cleaner greener uh, initiatives the transition will be led by traditional oil and gas companies because of their expertise because of their infrastructure because of their capital Uh, and so you know we all want to work together. These are bipartisan issues. These are not partisan issues. These are bipartisan issues. Energy is bipartisan. Ports are bipartisan. And uh, so the sooner that we can uh, really get everybody at the table uh, and really rowing on the same oars, so to speak, when it comes to good public policy, which I spend a lot of time advocating for good public policy, But it seems like I spend even more time trying to prevent bad public policy from being enacted. So there's a there's a fine line there. But I I am um, I'm certainly uh, encouraged by what I heard from Secretary Kerry uh, yesterday, Secretary Granholm today uh, from um, John Podesta, who was here talking about uh, uh, regulatory reform when it comes to uh, energy transmission uh, so, uh, you know, I think everybody's saying the right thing and now it's time to get down to, to the good work at hand.
1: Very good. Well, Sean, thank you for continuing to educate our elected officials on making good policy. We appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you for stopping by in the old patch radio show booth here at Sarah week. Thank you, Kim. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the old patch radio show. And we'll be right back.
0: Shale oil and gas business magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, ma to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- Two four zero seven one eight eight. Again, two ten two four zero seventy one eighty
3: eight. Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices. So let's talk about an easy one: your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium plus you can earn double dividends that'll go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at texasmutual.com
4: slash Lone Star Energy. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all new Viking 6. The world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study.
1: And now it's time for me to welcome my guest, Matt Babin, who is the head of energy and natural resources for Palantir. Matt, welcome to End the Oil Patch Radio Show.
5: Thanks so much for having me.
1: So let's begin with a little bit about you, the company, um, the company itself has been in the energy sector for more than 12 years, and you guys primarily focus on small operators to Fortune 500 companies in the energy sector. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing.
5: Sure. Um, so I'll start. I'll start from the beginning. Palantir is a company we've been around for about two decades. Um, grew up in
1: thank you for the correction
5: no well you're you're, it's not a correction it's just an addition you're you're exactly right that um our commercial business followed our government business so we built the company to solve problems in national security and defense Uh, so coming out of 9-11 the thesis of our company was this was one place where actually policy and the law were ahead of technology there were laws that intel agencies could share data on ct targets You were laws that you could share and collaborate on CT targets while still protecting privacy and regulations to do that. But there was no technology that could do that well. So that's what we built the the software and the company to do. The more that we grew into that space, we realized large commercial entities had the same problems. You have siloed organizations, siloed teams inside of companies. You have very data-rich landscapes. I think oil and gas is a prime example of this, where you have very diverse sets of data that are growing exponentially over time. And you have trade-offs and decisions you have to make in the real world all the time. Uh, and so about 12 years ago we expanded into the commercial space including energy at the beginning we only worked with BP actually we had an exclusive arrangement with BP from dr. carp our CEO and mr. Dudley BP CEO at the time uh, and they talked about that actually on on Tuesday evening it's a very interesting video <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't seen it yet um, and we now touch sort of every part of their production chain um, two years ago we renewed that deal but the exclusivity arrangement expired. And so we've been expanding in the space since then.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to drill down a bit into that specific partnership with BP. Can you bring us up to date? When it originally, this in 2014, when you struck up this deal with BP, it was to accelerate their digital transformation um, in a way that would uh, present more of their capability of changing into energy transition, correct? So how did your technology um, help them in that process? And then what did you renew on since you brought that up? Um, with BP.
5: Yep. So Foundry, our main commercial product, is deployed across the network at BP. It has a couple thousand users, touches, as I mentioned.
1: Foundry is a software?
5: Yes. So Palantir is a company, uh, we largely, we we only make software. That's what we do. Um, We have what I would call four software platforms. Gotham, which is used by intelligence, security, and defense institutions throughout the West, America, and, and America's allies. Foundry, which is used by all of our commercial customers. Apollo, which is a platform that sits behind those two and enables us to upgrade them over the air, keep them up to date, push upgrades multiple times a week. And then Meta Constellation, which is a way that you can task commercial satellites to take pictures of anywhere in the world that you're interested in run AI detection algorithms. There's actually a really interesting case where that's being moved into the energy space as well. We built that for intelligence and defense, uh, but we're using it in renewables. We're using it on solar farms. We're using it on wind farms. We're using it for emissions detection in...
1: Can you give me an example of how you're utilizing that, maybe, like on a wind farm or something? Yeah,
5: so the solar farm, I think, is the, is the easiest example to talk about briefly. Otherwise, I'm going to monopolize too much of your, <laughs> your time here, because this is things that I love talking about. So, you can think of a large solar farm, usually sort of in the middle of nowhere, and you want those panels to move over time and just chase the sun, right, to maximize their sort of generative capacity. Those panels get stuck for a variety of reasons. Items break, you get dust, you get dirt, they can freeze, they get snow on them, all of these things, right? So. You can have a bottoms-up view of that by sensors and things you have on the panels. But there can be other reasons that your sensor readings are different. The panels are dirty, even if they're pointed in the right direction, right? Or they're just not working right. So what our customer uses Meta Constellation for is to take pictures of those panels at a regular periodicity, every time just a commercial satellite. So this is a commercially available image. But what's really cool is what they're doing is running a detection algorithm on that image all the time, right? Those panels look different if they're shaded in slightly different ways. So you're using here elements of... Algorithmic engines computer visions against that sensor data to say these four panels are stuck right now that's data uh, but what the data actually becomes useful for is like what do you want to do about that right how many panels being stuck is worth sending someone in a truck out there to go fix it. So you can think of the same thing in onshore operators with leak detection or ground disturbances, right? How can you use this data to iteratively route people in trucks to different places on the fly to change their program of work for the day and collect more data and feed it back into the system?
1: One thing is for sure with Sarah Week, that we saw so much new technology and the march for energy transition has definitely arrived. Um, and it seems like the whole energy sector is embracing in best practices in any way you can or they can to change the energy trend or to change their future and move f- towards energy transition, it's going to be necessary. I want to close our segment with you with talking about an announcement you guys made from the U.S. Department of State that um, you guys are assisting the Bureau of Medical Services on a $99.6 million dollar project. And uh, you're going to be providing them software. Uh, give us an idea of uh, this is going to be helping uh, the health crises that, that are faced in embassy staff and their families. So what was the deal? What's the purpose of it? And how is it going to help, um, I guess, the world? Or this can be transferred over outside of the United to just to everyday citizens? I'm assuming
5: yeah, so uh, you know I think um, the, the details of the deal are as you as you described sort of the numbers there yeah <laughs> thanks yeah it's it's nice for sort of you know I'm, I'm here all this week focused on energy and this is totally outside of that realm um, but it, again, it's the same same software platform underlying this um, I think it goes back to the, the core of what we're trying to do as a company, right like Dr. Karp mentioned this again on in his talk on Tuesday like we built this company to say we want to protect institutions of the West and help the West win right? That started with the government. <laughs> I think that energy is a key piece of that, right? It like, w- and, and I think there's, I don't know if you felt this way, but there's been a very different vibe this year from last year. I think where energy security last year was the thing people talked about. I think this year is the thing people feel. I think health security coming out of the last couple of years is kind of the same thing, right? And you look at sort of how many things can happen that make plans go sideways, right? Um, <laughs> and exactly, right? Um, So the work that, you know, we're building on a long-term relationship we've had with the State Department, we've been there for for longer than we've been in the energy business, Um, this sort of just builds on that. It's a mission of, you know, keeping the people who are supporting America's institutions overseas doing important work safe and healthy is of primary importance to us, and it's work we're really proud to do.
1: Perfect. Matt, thank you for coming to our studio here in Sarah Week, Newell Patch Radio Show. Thank you, and we look forward to catching up with you guys maybe in the future.
5: That would be great. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great week.
0: Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 471 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com
3: Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online website advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com slash business profile start dealing with a company you can trust and always find
1: and now it's time for me to welcome on my guest shane johnson who is the president and ceo of carbon quest shane welcome to in the oil patch radio show
6: thank you thank you for having us
1: so let's start with a little bit about Carbon Quest. You are here at Sarah Week. This event is definitely the who's who in energy. Uh, there's a lot of new things that are happening in the way of energy transition that's making this conference at Sarah Week exciting. And Carbon Quest is one of those. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Sarah Week, some of the technology you're seeing, and is it complementing what you're here to talk about, which we're going to talk in just a few minutes, what Carbon Quest is.
6: So this is the first time I've had the honor of attending Sarah Week. It is quite the exciting show. I've heard attendance is up, and I think it's a testament to what they're doing focusing on the energy transition and some of the new technologies. We are a startup in this space, and I think part of the reason why they selected us is the, the the excitement around our Unique business model and our and our technology, and the fact that we're able to get uh, projects done quickly. You know, there's a tremendous urgency in terms of trying to address climate change. Um, our approach is that we're developing a carbon capture solution that sits at the edge of the grid, on site at customers' premises, and this is unique from others that are focusing on large facilities, generation plants, heavy heavy industries. So we've taken a, you know, a traditional approach and scaled it down like a distributed energy resource. So we call our technology, it's a new asset class called distributed carbon capture. And it attaches to a building on site in the, in the built environment and removes the CO2 before it's emitted in the atmosphere. And then we convert it to a liquid CO2 and we sell it back into local applications that are use, utilizing it for a circular carbon economy.
1: Okay, so let's break this back down because our listeners, not everybody's going to understand what you're doing. But everybody, the buzzword uh, right now is carbon capture. So let's break this down. And you're here actually presenting. Yesterday you presented in the Agora Pod um, specifically on this decarbon decarbonizing in a built environment. So take us through... A little bit more drill down on what specifically give us a visual of carbon capture so you said you're gonna take it before it hits the earth and just kind of do a full cycle where you reuse it so it's a renewable reusable type of thing that you're doing to to actually stop greenhouse gases from being released before they're ever released correct
6: yeah maybe I'll yeah go ahead
1: well, what makes your technology different than other technologies that are out there as well? So what is exciting about what you're doing versus maybe others?
6: Yeah. So first, let me just start describing the, the built environment. These are a diverse set of buildings that have been here for many, many years. Most people say that the existing building stock that's here today is going to be here in uh, 50 years from here, or 95% of that building stock. It's also the hardest to decarbonize those buildings that are combusting natural gas is very difficult the you know the traditional approach of energy efficiency on-site renewables a lot of that is the low-hanging fruit has already been done so building owners are looking for options ways that they can make a significant reduction in their carbon footprint and having a solution that's uh, you know that's de- purpose designed and built specifically for that space and and that target market is something that's unique to us we're the first company that's really come out and developed and scaled this technology down to work at that level and it's you know it's it's a really diverse set of buildings these are places where people go to work where they get services you know receive healthcare, go to school, shop, to where we manufacture, you know, products um, to, you know, urban dense, high rise multifamily residential. So it's a very diverse set of buildings that are consuming natural gas for heating, for hot water, for cogeneration, combined heat and power. And so we're simply attaching our system to the exhaust pipe of those buildings, removing the CO2 before it's emitted in the atmosphere. The, the unique approach to our technology is that we started with a, a blank whiteboard and we purpose-built a solution that could be operated in that environment safely, unattended, it has a long life. Um, and it's, you know, it's that approach where we don't have guys with hard hats and you know, white suit coats walking around a large plant, it has to be rethought. So our approach to the technology is very unique and different from what others are doing.
1: Shane, explain to me, (coughs) President Biden had talked about, uh, and also President Obama, about existing buildings and the problems that they're so old antiquated and that new buildings are going to have to look towards the future of being greener. Um, Part of the accomplishment of uh, Carbon Quest has been the accomplishment of you guys being able to avoid 1,000 tons of carbon emission per building. Um, So is your approach going to be looking at the existing buildings and is your technology going to be used in some way on brand new buildings as well? Uh, explain to me a little bit about yeah. your approach on that.
6: Although our solution can be applied to, to new construction, and we think, especially in the you know light uh, to medium industrial space, there's processes that will continue to be new construction that consume natural gas. Uh, most of the new building construction can start, you know, they start with a blank sheet too. So they can build an architecture that's set around you know 100% renewable all electric um sorts of solutions so you know we really feel like the the broader market is is the existing building stock that's and the ones. Huge yeah it's it's over the next 30 to 40 years it's 95% of the problem i mean buildings represent 40% of our country's emissions about 50% of that or or a gigaton a year comes from the existing buildings that, you know, that were built around infrastructure. They have electric systems. They have natural gas infrastructure. The entire, you know, core of that building was was built around these existing technologies. So to completely retrofit them to something new is a, is a very, very difficult challenge and very expensive.
1: Yes, expensive. That was part of the reason why it wasn't being done. So your technology is actually going to go in and be able to change and solve this problem that we have as opposed to... Tearing down buildings and re, uh, yeah, re- erecting them, but in a way that is um, energy efficient.
6: Yeah, I mean, if you imagine you're working or living <laughs> or shopping in a building, a major retrofit is you know it's it's very intrusive. So what we do is we, you know, for one fifth to one tenth of the price, we can come in. It's a it's a system, much like another system in the building that we come in, goes into the bowels of the basement or attaches next to the building um we can have it installed and operational in in a few weeks and it doesn't impact the building's operations
1: wow that's quick too that's amazing what you're doing shane thank you very much for stopping by in the Old patch radio show thank you for coming up with a solution there's so many beautiful historic buildings that would never probably be able to meet this without your technology and yet we don't want to see these buildings tore down because of that so it's great job what you're doing thank you for stopping by the booth and talking to us about what you're doing at Carbon Quest.
6: Thank you for having us.
0: In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Velado, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, magmag.com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188.